If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Welcome back to our part two sit down with the one, the only Kato Kalen. And if you haven't heard part one, check it out. Oh my gosh. We talk all about the night of the OJ murders. You know, every time Kato tells this story, I personally find something different or something that I just didn't really hear the first time. I don't know. I'm kind of obsessed with true crime, but I'm kind of obsessed with the iconic nature of Mr. Cato Kalen. So we cover it all. We're going to continue this whole conversation. We were together for quite a while in person. Listen to part one. It aired last week. It makes so much more sense if you listen to that before this part two. And now part two of our chat with the one and only Mr. Cato Kalen. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Were you shocked like being a part of that when the verdict came down? you know, that OJ was not guilty, like not really what you thought, because we can go over that in a second, but like, were you shocked? Yeah, I was shocked. And uh, I kind of knew it because when I was testifying a lot of the times, I I would see the jury react to OJ where this is, you know, the cameras are set up that you can't see the jury, but I am right there sitting on the stand. And every time that OJ walk in, they'd be waving to him and he'd wave back, like at least three or four of them, like, like this. And you're like, Wow, can't that person get knocked off the, you know, the jury for that stuff? Do you think that really is like, you know, there's so much out there. We watched the Ryan Murphy thing, you know, Marsha Clark messed this up. She messed that up. Or do you think it's a huge thing? It's just the power of celebrity. Um, well, I think, all you know, he had to prove, uh, you know, can you get the entire jury to convict? I thought this, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the, the Johnny Cochran working it with his rhymes, the poetry of if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. I think it kind of rung out in their mind. I'm sure when they're going into the chambers to discuss what's going to happen, uh, it's hard to get everybody to agree with it. And I think that that's one of the reasons too of, um, I, I just think the jury was under a lot of pressure too. Rodney King had just happened. And um, it was like, OJ's going to probably get off on this trial. And I even know I was filming a show with Barbara Walters at the time, uh, 2020, and I for the live broadcast. And I just whispered, I think I said, I think they pers- personally, my opinion, made a mistake. Right. Yeah. So I mean, meaning like, because I mean, yeah, I know I you said things I, throughout the years, like, where are yeah, you today yeah. in 2023? Like, yeah, as far and as- I, I think, uh, you know, I was sequestered. I didn't know a lot of the trial. I really didn't watch. I listened to the, you know, Ito when he said that. I was, I was scared, like, oh, can I, something happen? Can I go to jail if I do something out of, you know, if I watch something? So I didn't watch. Uh, and you knew more than I did during parts of trial. I found a little bit later. And then, you know, with the DNA evidence, all the stuff coming up, I was like, oh, this is like one in a billion. And at the time, I wrote a joke about DNA to me meant 
dude needs apartment and uh for hojo his dude needs alibi so it was uh no one knew dna yet and barry sheck was their attorney in the defense he i think was the most important attorney because he painted the picture to the jury of tainting blood all these things and i just think that no one understood the uh what dna was so it was the first of its kind the trial was first a tv DNA. So that's why it's still there today. Every trial is related to this trial. So it's kind of the template of all trials. So you think there's no question that OJ is guilty? Yeah, my opinion is I think he's guilty. I think I think a lot of people in hindsight now are even going, oh, yeah, OJ. But he's got his own fans. People that love OJ are going to love OJ. He's got a huge following on Twitter. And I'm blown away by that. I don't follow him, but everybody, if there's an OJ thing, they tag me. Well, yes. I mean, do and you I ever- delete. You delete, listen, well, when I first reached out to you to be on this, I said, is it going to be, because I even asked, I said, is it going to be okay to talk about OJ? Then I realized on your podcast, One Degree of Scandal, it's <laughs> like you embrace it, you do talk yeah. about it, and it's a great podcast, so yeah. talk to me about your podcast, and like, do you ever get tired of that? Like, if you look on your Wikipedia, I'm referring to your Wikipedia a lot today, yeah. it says, you know, most known for, and I'm paraphrasing, yeah. you know, being a juror in the 1995. No, witness. Witness. Oh, witness. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> witness. Yes. I'm, oh, but that is Wikipedia. I'm not that they, dumb. They, Wikipedia no. probably made, they make a lot of mistakes. So. They do make a lot of mistakes. But no, it said, you know, witness and, you know, the OJs, like, does that get tiring? I mean, it seems like you are in on the joke, like you said. I, it, um, you know, like uh, doing a show like yours. No, it's, it's, uh, once again, cathartic to get out with some of the things I talk about, but I think it's sort of like, um, I lived at her place and I lived at his place, OJ's and Nicole's. I tell people I have a room with a view and now I kind of want to get out my story of what it was really like. You know, you heard, uh, Jeffrey Tubin's book. He wasn't really part of it, but he wrote the book on it. I don't think anybody knows my perspective, my, of what I know and what I saw. Nobody has that, but me of living on both sides. So I think it's really important. And I think that maybe one day is the a real film because I saw. I saw and I, 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 I kind of know it with Nicole's friends, who they were, his friends. And, you know, I didn't hang out with them as far as uh, uh, I saw them when they were together, but I was in a different tax bracket. I couldn't afford all the kind of dinners they did or anything. I always say that OJ was, you know, his, uh, his tax bracket was Danish and Cato was Donuts. And, um, so, but when you know, and like I said, my parents, uh, they have both passed away, but I'll never forget my mom and dad when they ever had an argument or fought. I never not saw them within an hour kiss each other. So I would always say that to them when they they had like a little argument or fight. I go, you guys got the greatest life ever. Are you serious that you have an argument? Why don't you just kiss? So. Little did I know that that would, uh, all the arguments were, whatever there's this, I didn't see the, how much, I didn't meet till 1993, 90, end of 93, uh, yeah, 94 is when I first met, because I was in Aspen when I met them in 93 for New Year's Eve. Uh, Nicole, not OJ, I didn't meet him till later. So I didn't know all the history of when their uh, relationship was uh, tumultuous. So I saw when they started redating and it was right. kind of like, okay, when you want to redate again, there's a lot of love. There's a lot of got to get it back, got to get her back, got to get him back. So I saw a lot of that, and there's arguments of uh, of if they had a fight or anything. That's when I would say, hey, like these are little arguments. You guys kiss. It's 
easy. But it was like little stuff. You never I saw, didn't saw like, it, yeah. oh yeah, this makes sense. The now. only time I didn't see, but it was on the 911 call. And I came there after the call and you hear Nicole on the phone go, no, it's Cato. He's, he lives in the guest house. So it was after the fact that he broke down these doors. I didn't see it though. Were you like when the trial Excuse was me. over, you know, cause like that doesn't pay the rent, right? Like being yeah. like, you know, one yeah. of the most famous witnesses in the world. So like when the trial was over, were you like, well, what now? Like, cause you were an I, actor and like, were you trying yeah. to then and were people like, LOL, like you can't oh, come and try out for Dumber Dumber anymore because you're Kato Kalin from the well, OJ trial. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because at that time I was getting auditions, but when I get the audition, I could tell that it was just to meet me. It wasn't, it just was fake. And really? uh, I, I remember going to this audition and it was a, um, I was being followed by a Comedy Central. They had a show with, um, I can't remember her name, but she would be a Beth some it was a big part of the John Stewart show, and they came by uh, and did a, a bit with me. But it was it felt like a setup, so I did it. It was all to poke fun at Cato. You know, it's funny as I uh, after I moved out years later, I'd be working at this at this health club in Beverly Hills uh, by New Line Cinema. I won't say the name, but I was there, and it was from the Jerry Seinfelds working out there. Everybody worked out there, and I lived right walking distance from the place, so it was my health club. And a gentleman that I worked out with there became my dear, dear friend. And he was the head writer and also produced The Simpsons. So I moved from The Simpsons house to The Simpsons TV show. I always tell that joke. His name is the late Kevin Curran. And he and I had just a great, great time living together of, you know, he was part of the Harvard Lampoon, the Harvard writer of the, all these guys that wrote for George Meyer, the creator of The Simpsons with uh, uh, Matt Groening. And I started a poker night because I lived at Kevin's house up in, Hollywood Hills. So we had a poker night. I'm meeting all these great people. And um, then Kevin uh, got married to um, Helen Fielding, who wrote Bridget Jones' Diary. So we have all these big poker night with these people, some of the best times ever. But when I would talk with these people about what we're talking about, it was just like they were so refreshed to hear my side. So I think that's, it's really important. And I'm still friends with all these people. You know, and Kevin passed away at his funeral. He started the David Letterman's top 10 list. He was the beginner, beginning of that. So no one knows these like little things that happened from moving the Simpsons to the head writer of the Simpsons and, and producer. Uh, it's just, it was kind of a crazy life when I look, when I talk back. Because when mean, we came here, it was yeah. National Lampoon. So everything kind of comes back when I sit down and you're in a quiet room, you start going, wow, there's just so much to what's happened in life. Yeah. And it never yeah. bothers you. Okay, everyone. I mean, look, I don't think there's any interview you will ever do in your life where someone does not want to at least ask some question about well, OJ, right? Yeah. And what I was telling you about, like with Kevin and all that, this is like, um, I think it's probably because your show is called Behind the uh, Velvet, Velvet Rope. Rope. And it was all these, you meet so many uh, people behind the Velvet Rope and it's sort of like perfect for your show because it's sort of the insight of like all, all these people that I would meet and such great, terrific people. And it's sort of like uh, the invisible Hollywood of getting to know that you have a certain party you can get in. It's sort of like getting behind the velvet rope. Right. Like, I mean, so that's the positive. But like, I mean, you had access, I imagine, after the trial, like you said. Yeah, you I mean, I, I booked jobs. I As far as I had a radio show and I followed, you know, it was Howard Stern and it was yeah. uh, uh, the late Ken Ober and uh, Olson from uh, Brady Bunch and then me. Um, and 
it was just like these great times. And and then a, a gentleman named Akima Nastapulo who had a show called Eye for an Eye, and he's uh, I was a judge. He was the judge on the show. And we were one-hour blocks in L.A., and we were syndicated around the world on every station, and I was the court, did the interviews like this. So it was this new show. It's like the perfect fit. And still today, this guy's my, my dearest friend. So I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority, and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water, and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all-in-one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes, and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. February is the month of love. And ladies, is there anything you love more than a comfortable bra? I would think not. And that's why I need to tell you about Honey Love, because they have revolutionized the bra game. I got my good friend Jill from college a Honey Love bra for Valentine's Day. Who knew in college that I would be so obsessed with her breasts? But here we are, many years later. With Honey Love, you could say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. Their best-selling crossover bra, that's the one I got Jill, is so comfortable that it will be your new go-to. For a more relaxed lounge bra, I highly recommend their V-Bra. It's designed to lift and separate with molded cups. And it's not a shelf-like bra that creates that awful uni-boob effect. I hate that. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash velvet. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash velvet. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love because you deserve it. Has anyone else had major drama in hiring for their business out there? How great does it feel to finally find the right qualified candidate and close out a job search? But what if I told you you get rid of the job search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is a great matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. I was able to hire the last ad sales rep that I hired within such a short period of time. Before Indeed, this would have taken me days and weeks, sometimes even months. Do you know that in the minute I've basically just been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide? 23 hires. Right now, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash velvet. Just go to Indeed.com slash velvet right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash velvet. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Relationships in Hollywood, real true people that are, you know, when you're with real people. And I think I've gotten very lucky that I'm a 
with people that can make things happen and the people that are not full of it and full of themselves. Just such kind-hearted. Because we all know those types. And I always say, like, that doesn't last. Like, yeah. that could last for a month. It could last for two months. But eventually you see... I don't know. I think it's so transparent when someone just is like, what's your yeah. angle? You're thirsty. This isn't going to work. That's right. Yeah. The other stuff goes much farther. Yeah. Right? Completely. And um, it's relationships, as you know, is, is the most important thing in this town. Relationships yes. and people that know you. And I've been, I've been really lucky. And, and I was mentioning that I was on the road for four years. For before COVID kind of screwed it up, but I was the MC of these, these Comic Cons with every actor from Marvel movies, every DC comic, every major motion picture you see, they do Comic Con. Yeah. So we travel in the world's largest traveling show, and the the gentleman that was the uh, president of it was John Mata, who's my dear friend today, and he was he started the CW and the WB. He was tw- twenty nine years the president of WB. Wow. So. Some Still of the my best friend. shows it's, were on the WB Yeah, and he CW. did that. You know, he's green greenlit most of the shows you probably like. He was I'm sure he had Dawson's Creek, Felicity, Gilmore Girls. Yeah, all those. But like I said, still my friend today. Wow. Is there like, you know, when we were coming in together and we ran into each other outside and I helped you park and you said- Help me park. Well, I, I mean, was driving. You were driving because I don't you, drive. You didn't put your seatbelt on, David. Let me tell you what, folks. The, it was beeping in my car for an hour because of him. Kato's asking me where to park. I'm like, listen, I know there's one parking space per recording. I don't drive. Right. Then you're looking at me like, how could you live in LA without driving? And I'm then like, David well, said, why is there a tow truck there? I go, oh my God, I don't know that. No, I'm like, I'm not getting your car towed because then I'll feel really bad. <laughs> No, but when you were saying with your own amazing podcast, you say you record at the studios where Maverick used to be. I hear the word Madonna. Yeah. I get excited. Like, do you know Madonna? Like, have you ever had like a celebrity, yeah. like a huge celebrity run in or oh boy. it could be Madonna uh, quite, too. Quite but. a few of those. Well, I do have a Madonna story. And Tell us. That was, uh, I, I'm trying to think. I think it's even pre-trial it might be, but I was at a screen, uh, a movie and it was Eddie, when's Eddie Murphy's golden child? Whenever that was, it's a, it was the man's Chinese theater. I was sitting in the balcony. That's the name of the movie? Golden, Golden Child. Child. Oh. Was that, it wasn't very good, but. So I'm sitting with a buddy of mine or whoever I'm with, and people, two people in front of me walking late. It was Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. So whenever they hung up, that was it. And I'm like, that's Rosie and Madonna here at this movie screening. And they were, that's when they were strong click doing things together. And like, was there anything? Did you observe uh, anything? Oh no, no, just they were yeah. laughing and talking back to the screen, and um, that that was it. I I was invited to many of the parties, and I did where Madonna would be at a Rosie, and I'd met Rosie a few times. And uh, Bill Maher used to have a Christmas party, and she was there. Um, I think that was her. I'm pretty sure I know Roseanne was there, and his parties were always everybody was at his parties. Um, you have and, so many and, and the so Hef, and Hef was my friend too. So Hef put me on a short list when you can get invited to uh, his movie nights. And um, I'm sure all the people and employees of Hef, I think they like me because I treated I treat everybody the same, celebrity or not a celebrity. I think, and that was uh, I, I think Hef liked that, and I know his his uh, staff liked that a lot. So and even today, I'm still friends with them all, and uh, wow, and friends of uh, Crystal Hefner. Uh, uh, yeah, it just. Because you, I treat people the way you want to have someone treated, right? You know. Yeah, but are people shocked about you know, like when people like, what do you think people are most shocked to find out about you? Like that that you're a nice guy. Like what? I is think it? I th- I think um, you know I I uh, I think 
funny. I don't think anybody knows that. They have a, I think they have the thing in the trial. I, 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 I'm hopefully not smart and, um, you know, giving a chance to talk to them. And it's sort of like, a, it's funny because I went on stage and people were after the show going, I can't, I thought it was an impersonal. It is you. So it's like, no, I'm, I'm here. I was on the billboard there. <laughs> it's me. And so I, I'd say about eight people came up and said that, like, you really are him. I so. know you do a lot of those Comic Cons. I've been to, not that, but I've been to a lot of other Comic Cons. Yeah. And it's a big thing, right? It's uh, a big, people it's, come from all over. Yeah. And I, like I said, I'd come out and do the, I had a, I was the entertainment stage host. So I'm there 10 hours talking the entire, we'd have acts come on stage from that city, the best of, it was sort of like America's Got Talent. Huh. While, while Jason Momoa was signing autographs, you come to my stage and I ended, this is great. I used to have a lot of the celebrities, they love this part of the show. But for the, the people, we had like magicians or we had a, a separate show. But I ended the sh every show with a thing called Katoroki. And it was like, you know, we had a, we did karaoke, but I call it Katoroki. And almost half the stars at the end would see the people that would signed up. It was for the people that came to the Comic-Con. They would wait for Katoroki after I did the first year. This, when's the sign up? And then the celebrities start going, when's the sign up? And we get them on stage too. And it was just, it was such a great idea that John Mata, the mayor mentioned, said, this is a TV show. You have a lot of TV shows in you. Would I, you ever, because like you said, there have been books written about you, but like, would you ever just write your own story? I, I don't, you know, someone asked me to do my autobiography, but I said, I know nothing about cars. And two, three, four, big laugh. See, you big are laugh. funny. You are Big laugh. I'm just thinking there is a I think movie. I, I mean, think there's a, a, a script and, you know, I'm going to let everything's kind of blueprint in life. I think it's going to, everything is just going to fall into place. And there's a lot on the plate now. It's getting, it's, it's sort of like, um, in 1995, I was at a restaurant and a gentleman came up to me and said, I love your radio show. I think it's the best radio show I've ever heard. And, uh, it was this gentleman was doing a radio show in San Francisco area at the time. And, uh, I said, Oh, thanks a lot, man. And, and, uh, that was Ryan Seacrest. And uh, it was like, you saw everything happening. You have one hit and spin off. I sold the TV show, David, you like this one, with a, a gentleman that I'm doing teen court with named Dan Frisch. You can IMDB him. Uh, he's got a new show on Amazon called uh, Daisy jo Jones and the Six with um, Elvis's granddaughter, Tyler Keogh, or what? Uh, yeah. Riley, Riley Keogh, Riley. yeah. Yeah. And so he's got this big hit that's going to be coming out in March. And I mean, it's going to be. It's going to be a hit. I, I'm telling you right now because I, I saw the you. trailer and I was like, every young girl is going to go crazy for the guy. And every young guy, oh, it's a very going to be this high school. They're going to love Probably it. I like that. So Dan did Teen Court. But back in the day, in the 90s, Dan and I came up with a concept of a show. And it was, Cato, we got luggage. You get dropped off in the middle of nowhere and I have to find a place to live. And it was called House Guest. Did it. Shot, just he and I shot this little segment went to Fox within 10 seconds, they bought it. I said, love it. And then we did the pilot. They gave us the money for the pilot. And, uh, and then the president of the network at the time, FX, Kevin Riley loved it. And then he got the job at NBC and they shelved it. So it's always something that wasn't right. And I look at it at the time I'm bawling going, why does this always happen? And it's hindsight now it's like, okay, it wasn't because it wasn't my turn. It's hard to say that because you go through a depression. I mean, you really go through a depression. And it was like, okay, maybe maybe there's something better. So I know 
there's no one works harder. I'm always doing something. And I really, really try to, to nail it. And I know I'm still judged to this day as Cato from the trial. And there's nothing I can do. Uh, you know, the younger kids don't know, but then their parents know it. And But the more I do, the kids, like I did the Celebrity Big Brother. When I did the my Wizard World, slept, the kids knew me from Celebrity Big Brother. Really? Yeah. They knew that and they, and they set me up. Then it got so big at that time when I did the shows, they gave me my own booth for doing the main stage acting. I mean, they, the, I host the show. And, and then after pictures. that, I go right to my pictures. Well, that is the thing about this town. Well, first of all, that's a good thing to treat everyone the same yeah. because everyone is just one it's one step away from being Tom Cruise, right? Or George Clooney. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like More one outlets now too thing. with social yeah. media. Influence, I've never even heard of that. Influence that makes so much money so much. My friend- They have more followers than probably us combined. I don't know how many followers you have. I'm sure it's a lot, but- This gentleman I know who's a very dear friend of mine, I mentioned it early in the show, is um, I can't can't tell you what he makes, but he tells me what he makes from his social media. I I vomit. I go, you are kidding me. In one week in that, and I'm going, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. It's a whole job. But that's a friend and he'll help me out. Uh, You know, it's that, it's that close. But it's getting that, nailing it. And social media, I do these little jokes. And I, I've booked about 10 jobs just off my little jokes I do on social media. Well, that's the other thing, too. You say, like, you know, the kids are starting to recognize you from Celebrity Big Brother. Like, yeah, yeah it is, OJ. But, like, all you need is one big thing, right? And then everyone forgets what your other thing was. Yeah. I I, I, I believe that, right? And I think someone, I, you know, maybe someone yourself or you know that they hear this and it's I, it's given a chance. I really want to have that. I've always get that when I'm so close. It's like, have the talent, do it. And then forget about that. That's not me. That that's 28 years ago. It's not, it's not me. I mean, it's me, but it's, there was so much more to me before that happened. Right. I was reading stuff. So, you know, what did you love? I mean, I'm a huge Big Brother fan, as I told you oh. before we started this. I mean, there's a lot of great reality shows, but I just there's that game is so brilliant. Like, did you love playing that? You were there with Candy Burris, yeah, and Tina I, Lohan, yeah, and I became dear friends with Tom Green. And uh, you know, it was uh, it's funny because you have no social media while you're in the house, and uh, when you come out, you see, oh my god, it was Tomato, Tom and Cato, Tomato, and they had this team Tomato, and I was like cracking up. But that generated so much positive press for me. And no one in the house really knew, you know, I thought it was kind of funny in the house and I had this great relationship with pretty much everybody in the house, sort of, but there is some stuff that doesn't make it on camera. There's some evil that goes on. And I was yes. not like an evil, I, I was not mean-spirited at all. And I was, you know, I try to once again bring like and levity to everything that was going on. And it happened because uh, the president of CBS at the time was Kelly Call. He followed me on the Twitter. And on Twitter, I had jokes about whatever else. And it turns out that he was from Wisconsin, like me, went to Wisconsin. Uh, he was a Badger, Wisconsin Badgers, and met in his office. And that was uh, kind of a done deal, like, let's get this thing going. And we are, you know, friends even today. February is the month of love. And you know what I love? Taking care of my skin. You know, the problem is most skincare routines only deliver superficial results. And that's why I only use one skin. 
OneSkin's proprietary OS1 peptide is the first ingredient scientifically proven to reverse the skin's biological age by up to 50%. Now, there's all sorts of science behind how that works. They have R&D people. But I really, personally, they reverse the skin's biological age. So that's all I need to hear. I've noticed younger-looking skin. I've noticed fewer lines and fewer wrinkles. Hello? So listen, One Skin is more than skincare. It's about skin longevity, targeting the root causes of aging to help you look and feel your best at every age. Get started today with 15% off using code VELVET at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code VELVET. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. It's time to expect more from your skincare routine. Invest in the health of your skin with one skin. Are there any other reality shows you've done so many that you're like dying to do? Um, I One of the toughest ones I did, well, Celebrity Big Brother is really tough because uh, you got the one, the bathrooms clogged up a lot and I have to do my morning poop. And well, I mean, that's an understandable yeah. thing. You it's know. really, really kind of difficult. It's you, You've got... You're with these strange people, and we had flooding of the toilets and the showers a lot. And I was like, oh, my God, this is stuff that's – I don't know if they're catching this on film, but incredible. And no, there's no sleep. They have light like this – the light that we have on, they have lights on the entire time, and they don't really want you to sleep. They give you these, these patches on your eyes, these goggles, whatever. So that was tough. And I did a show – that was really tough is when uh, we did the celebrity boot camp. We were the first ones to be on Camp Pendleton. And uh, the drill sergeants really, they were tough on us. They That's wanted tough. to show, act, you know, the celebrity or whatever. We're going to. What the world is all about. We're going to make it tough on you. Well, look, there's Dancing with the Stars. Maybe, yeah. I, who knows Dancing with the Stars? I'm not a good dancer, but Yeah. What about if you're, you, I mean, I know you've been with the same, you know, you're married now. Like, what yeah. if your wife came home and just said, like, hey, you know, Beverly Hills Housewives is calling. <laughs> or the OC Housewives, she, it's not that far away. Yeah, well, she's um, she's from China. <laughs> and she goes in, by the way, she does not own a hot air balloon. Just putting that out there for you. Let's just put so, that out she, there. But she is uh, very, very funny. She'll probably get her own show. She's extremely funny and everything opposite of what you think of a uh, quiet Chinese. She's loud, 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 loud talker and beautiful. Well, you're out. Would you ever guys ever do if someone came to you guys about, you I, know, like an actual probably, show? If, if she would do it, I, she's kind of like, she's funny, but she is not into being uh, publicity. She um, is very, very much into being funny, but not. She doesn't want that because she her thing is that she's very smart and she does everything like uh, accounting or she does everything with inventing things. She's organized. She's very, very, very smart woman. Did she have like preconceived notions about you? Well, real quick story in her is that she was in China. She ran a she was a party planner at a very exclusive hotel. The night it was ten thousand a night to stay at this called the Eclat. There's wow. one in Paris. There's one in Beijing. She was the party planner. Very prestigious job where only royalty would stay there. Um, she came out when we, I did Wizard World, we were going to go to China for the Comic-Cons. And a gentleman there was one of the financers, said, oh, I have a friend. She's coming to America. Uh, I gave her your uh, uh, WeChat, the Chinese app, but we could communicate. So um, what was the story going? I forgot what the point of this was. Know, like, was did she basically know who you were is what oh, I'm saying. Thank you. I said it in a more so professional way. we set up, a time to meet and uh she was living far away and i uh got her had her meet me somewhere i got a car 
So she met with me and said, oh, Cato, uh, yeah, my in China, we have this one show that's very popular that everybody's watching now is the Ryan Murphy show, American Crime Story. There's a guy named Cato. I said, no, that's that's me doing the part. And she looked, she goes, no, the guy who's uh, this Cato from the this OJ trial. I go, no, that's me. And she just started laughing, staring. She goes on her phone. She goes, and that was it. She was just cracking up going, oh my God, that story about you. And it talks a little broken. Her English is good, but she's like, and then she was blown away and I was cracking up going, yeah. That's, this I think a, that's a I really go, funny that's, story. That's, I go, that's, don't read any more about that stuff. Just have, let's have fun now. That's a funny story. Like yeah. she's. She had no idea it was the same wow. person. And know. she didn't believe you when you told her. Yeah, she yeah, was she like, had, no, she there's She Googled there's all my known. stuff. She was Googling. And even while we're chatting now, we didn't just meet. We chatted for like a few days. Wow. But I never brought it up. And she just. And then did she Google you? Did she do all that? Yeah, she did write the table. Wow. And, she, and she looked up the show and the guy playing it and all that. Wow. <laughs> do you get starstruck because you know you've been in the business forever you treat everyone the same you've hung out with charlie sheen as you're saying with half like do you meet certain people and get starstruck no. or are you just because some people just don't have that in them no, i don't really I, no i don't i don't uh with nobody i don't want to uh, otherwise it takes away who i am if i have to if i get nervous or anything in front of anybody i, I can't do that and i met so many people and everybody's pretty cool so uh I don't. I think there's always a nervousness when you have a reading, and you're m more nervous in front of a casting person than actually uh, the crew. Because once you're in there, it's like, okay, they like me, and let's get going. Have you ever been in the mix for something else, like you said, dumb or dumb, or either maybe before or after the trial, where it's uh, like you almost got and were like, oh, that's you know George Clooney's I, role in such and such or whatever. Well, I did read for lead role at a, at a film called uh, Copycat, I think it was Sigourney Weaver, and it was about a, a William McNamara got the part. It was a serial killer. Huh. So I brought brought in there, and uh, the casting, Billy Hopkins, I think, was casting director, but they screen tested, they did the whole filming of uh, uh, the movie. I don't know if you remember this film, but that was uh, a biggie. Familiar. It was a big kind of A-list, but that was a while ago, and that was because the trial they brought me in to see. Interesting. Yeah. What do you love about your podcast, One Degree of Scandalous? Well, what my, do you love about the, being the a The guy host? I work with, Tom Zenner, I love going, this guy is so organized and he's so good at what he does. He makes the show better with me and uh, he just, he gets everybody to talk and I, I get them to talk about the stuff. I, I think everybody loves scandal. Everybody loves scandal and it's sort of true crime. It's the number one kind of podcast and TV shows. Everybody's looking for crime. And everybody's looking for spinoffs of crime shows. I mean, there's like 15 CSIs. Uh, so yeah. I think that we deal with crime, but we also deal with just scandals in Hollywood. It could be, uh, you know, Aria, Ariana Grande licking a donut. We do. You did cover that. Yeah, we cover that stuff. So I, it's, God, I, every time I do a show and I walk out, I just feel better about life. And it's just, and we're just, it's moving and grooving and people are are starting to pay attention to it. What scandals keep you up at night now? Like, are you up on like the Jen Shaw, Real Housewife of like Salt Lake City? I don't know if you're into the no, Housewife no, stuff, I like I'm Erica never, Jane. I, I, I'm not into Housewife shows at all. Um, although scandals? I knew I knew some of the Beverly Hills Housewives through the years. Um, like, what's the latest scandal in Hollywood that's brewing now? Anything on the horizon? Oh man, you got me going. I mean, I, your friend Charlie Sheen must have kept you busy with scandal. I mean, well, you know what? They're doing a show actually. Uh, the podcast before us is Kevin Conley, who played E on Entourage, and yeah. he's with Kevin Dillon's on the show, and the creator is Doug Ellen, and they do Victory, the podcast. 
incredible podcast. They're they're great on their podcast, but they have a show coming that the pilot of their new show with Charlie and Martin Sheen and Kevin Dillon and John McGinley from uh, Charlie from Platoon and Scrubs. They have a show. It's called um, uh, Selling. I think they might have sold it now, and it's called uh, Ramble On. So that's all. And Doug Ellen, who's terrific, created Entourage, now created this show. But going down to that studio where we film is just exciting in itself. What about, yeah, I'm sure it is. What about, you know, like, look, OJ was not guilty, but then, you know, he got the civil judgment against him for 30, yeah. he went to Florida and he got out of that. And then he was put in jail for 33 years and got out in nine years. Like, do you think like, you know, there's certain people that do bad things, right? right. And eventually, eventually in this life, it catches up to you. Or then there's other people that are just, you know, they just have the gift of charisma and somehow they land up like, where do you think OJ is on that? Do you think all this is eventually because he's out now? I mean, that wasn't I, that wasn't such a long prison sentence, was it? No, well, nine years he had in Vegas. It's not short, but for, it's uh, and for that was for the robbery, but it's sort of like a payback, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do. I believe in karma. I think. Yeah, I, I believe that if you live a bad life, it's going to come catch up to you. And um, I think uh, the uh, when it's time for like death, it'll go. The story will never. We'll never find the real killer. I think it goes down. You know, he's never, never will come out and say anything. It's my opinion is I think guilty, but he'll if it's him, he's never going to go out and say, you know, he's the, you know, he wrote a book called "If I Did It," and I, you know, that's kind of an admission or something. I know something's not right with that. A book being released called "If I Did It," who'd write a book? If I, it's a little strange, right? I mean, it? I understand it's a money play and I'm all about get your coins, but yeah, yeah I don't know the theory behind that. So, yeah, I we're never going to find it and they will not be on a golf course. You, you, you don't think like I'm there, I'm on my deathbed, it's clear it's coming, just no. admit it. No, never. Why and why is he going to admit it? Because, uh, you know, I'm sure he's got his own God or whatever he's going to ask for forgiveness or if he believes in that sort of thing. So, right. Well, that could be seen as like, this is for all these things you've done. Maybe, like I, now we're getting into the afterlife and that's a whole Jesus, that's a, But you know, I'm just saying <laughs> maybe that is the like, here I am if I just admit this and give some, I mean, even if it's the grandchildren of whoever in the, you know, Goldman. Yeah. I, yeah, no, Brown never, family. no, never happened. Never happened. I don't think it, it'll go down. I mean, there's there's so many, you know, the kids, uh, I don't know relationship with Sydney and Justin or his other older son from the first marriage, Arnell and uh, Jason. So there's just so, so much to the story that it'll, it'll never die. And uh, even when he passes away, it'll, it'll live on. Wow. Final two questions, I promise you. So, oh. I mean, is that like, you know, you have this, there is that thing where you, I think more people, I mean, at least in America, but around the world know your name for whatever reason than presidents, vice, it's like there's famous, there's infamous, like, isn't, do you have any thoughts about that? I mean, is that just a non, this is your life or is I, that like, wow. I love it. Okay. They know my I mean, name. I, that's a, that's a good, uh, that's a good opening to anything is they know your name. Yeah. And I think uh, they'd love it even more that when I meet them afterwards, I'll always know their name. Yeah, that's so, really nice yeah, of you. Yeah. 
<laughs> and final question, like what is the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard about yourself? That's just so off base from being even remotely true. Oh man, that was a, why this question? I wish you had more time to prepare. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot. That has the most thing about me that was said. Yeah, where you're just like, man, this is so off base. This is so preposterous. Where oh, I have a vagina. From? No. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that I would be. Say, no, no, it's never said. Um, the most preposterous thing ever said about me. I, or just that someone gets so wrong. I, You know what? I, I go back to the times of I wish I knew the people that put stuff in my hair or spit on me what, what they thought. I never found out what they thought, but I think that goes back to answer the question of, God, whatever it was, I wish they – and I think – Outside story is that someone that was really mean to me, I didn't even know this person who did something at a comedy club or something. And I don't remember, but it's a guy who wanted to fight and like came into my face and, you know, call me an MF and, and everything else. That person probably six or seven years later said, you don't remember me, but I was this guy that I said, I remember, I didn't remember him, but I remember that moment. I said, I remember, he goes, dude, I apologize. I've heard great things about you and, and whatever I did, I'm so sorry, but I was an asshole. And that has happened more than once with someone with time. I think, you know, the, the cream rises and, um, I think more of that comes out and people know, all right, he's a, he's a good guy because first year after trial is ugly and, but everything is you know, sort of like a stock trade, you know, that keeps going up and up and up and it's gone up and up. And I see it on my, my social media. And one of it was celebrity big brother finding out people. He's like, Oh, he's a good guy. And, that was a and, good and, move and I, I came from like a, I said to you, I came from a large family and anything we had is definitely values. So that's an important thing. And I, I think uh, values kind of this, in this town, Hollywood, sometimes there's, there's no values, but if you have them, you know, there's people that notice and uh, time will come where people will go, all right, we're going to help out this dude now. So I'm asking, please help me out now. My time is now. Cato is pitching. Cato is I, celebrity. Oh, listen, he's pitching. These all sound like great ideas and you're hardworking and that's yeah. that's the whole battle, right? You yeah. just got to get up and work. Yeah, it's it's true. And yourself, you're a successful podcast. I heard good things about you. Okay, so well, uh, that's you know, good. And uh I, I'm a worker too. Yeah, I just feel I like it. you do the work. You're in New York. You're LA. No car. You gotta work. <laughs> Kato's like, where do I park? I'm like, ask me any other question but that. I'm like, I know there's a parking space. I just don't know where it is. You know, David said to me, "What's that D in your car mean?" Oh, David, that means drive. He goes, "I don't right. own a car. That means drive." What's the R? It's a reverse. I just out here when I tell people I don't drive, they look at me like I'm literally insane. I'm like, you can live here without driving. <laughs> no one does it. I, Anything? I, yes. I, well, I was gonna say uh, I. Love doing your show. See, you, this, is, this, it's yeah, the, this is real. It's, this is real. It's the cathartic. It's the great feeling. Wake up. <laughs> the next no, time you come back, it, we don't have to talk about OJ. We could talk about everything else you have yeah. going on. Yeah, and I would tell on your show. Uh, I don't know, put a little. Uh, you know what YouTube uh, one degree is scandalous uh, because uh, you know oh, yeah. it's subscriptions and it's about people I think if they want to get to know someone they'll see our show how real Tom Zenner and I do our show it's a great podcast yeah. you cover all the scandals and you yeah. know it does tie in as well that you were in the middle of this major scandal I mean who else is better yeah. to so welcome scandal to the podcast, is Dave. my life David help me scandal you is you don't my... want to hear me sing Kato <laughs> Anything but that. But Thank yes, you. I will share all your socials. You're great. Everyone needs to follow you. And I'll be behind the velvet rope with you, dude. You can come back anytime you want. You're and the best. Bow. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.